Cheetos handmade vodka had been mixed with its fair share of cocktails. But one night, a chilled glass topped with lime and cranberry would change everything this bottle knew about happy hour. From the producers of America's favorite vodka, it turns out the cocktail you've been waiting for was right there the whole time. The Tito's Rom Cosmo. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll sip with Tito's. Coming to cocktail parties near you at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Internet, um, this is Andy Richter, and you are listening to the Three Questions, uh, which is a podcast. Which you probably you know all this. I don't even know why I'm wasting your time, but I mean, considering that there's a pandemic on, you probably have lots of time. I know I do. I mean, I'd rather be doing something else. I'd rather be outside, living my life. Well, anyway, I got Sam Richardson here. Uh, <laughs> uh, <hi. laughs> I'm very ha- I'm I'm kidding. I'm very happy to have you here. I'm very I'm happy so- to have a fellow a fellow uh, you know um, Midwesterner uh, Ghanaian citizen uh, you know like yourself uh, here. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Are, do you do you have Ghanaian citizenship? Uh, I I just got my du- oh, I just like sent in for my dual citizenship like this week. Nice. Yeah. And, 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 ti- and timely. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like looking for that ripcord if need be. Because, <laughs> yeah. <ooh>, boy. <laughs> yeah, no, because, I mean, I mean, uh, for people that don't know, your mother's from Ghana, correct? Mm-hmm. Your mom? Mm-hmm. And correct. Colin Conan did uh, one of the, the um, the, his, the, uh, what you, Conan Without Borders. Fuck? Yeah, yeah, whatever the fuck those things are called. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he, he went to Ghana, and so that was that must yeah. have been pretty fun, you know. It really was. I hadn't been back to Ghana in years and years, over ten yeah. years. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and so that was a chance for me to get back, and then they get to do it with with a uh, Conan and like a full crew. I, it felt like a big shot coming home. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> that you now you're legit. People yeah, think exactly. you're, you know he's real showbiz. They can tell. <laughs> I wore sunglasses um, the whole time. <laughs> and that, I mean, yeah, it's, and it's always nice to have somebody foot the bill for you to go. You know, like yes, it is to, to take a per- to get to like a trip that has the personal side of it. You know, side <laughs> side side. You know, yeah, side, exactly. uh, benefits. Did and did you stay longer than, or did you kind of come and go uh, with the Conan crew? I, I came. I came in went with the Conan crew. Uh, yeah, I had to get back to a movie that I was filming, uh, so I had to like the, the timing worked out perfectly. I'm also a big shot movie star. So I know. I know. 
You know, uh, you, get, you get to say, like, I would love to stay, Aunt Doris. <laughs> but, but Hollywood calls. A, yeah, I have a movie. Um, yeah, because if I went if I went home to see my folks, I think uh, about three days I'd be like, <laughs> like all right. Yeah, I got I, I, I mean, I got to go home and watch a movie. What did you say? Wa- a movie? Oh, it's a movie. Yeah, I gotta, I, I, <laughs> movies exist, so I have to go back to L.A. Yeah, yeah. Do you have? I, think, I mean, do you have a good relationship with the, everybody back there? I do. It was like we we jumped we jumped right back on track. Like some some people some family members I hadn't seen in in so many years. We got yeah. there and it's like we didn't skip a beat. We were just oh, like right great. back to everything. It was really it was really great. That's really. Uh, and does your does your mom live there? Uh, my mom is there like essentially like half of the year. So oh, in fact, I she's see. there right now. Uh, my dad's in Detroit right now, but my mom is in Ghana. Uh, uh-huh. and so she's, she's back and forth all the time. Uh, and they're still, your folks are still married. Yes. My, my parents are still married. That's well, that keeps it fresh when mom goes sure away for six months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was certain that my parents, when I was a kid, I was like, maybe they're in the CIA. <laughs> maybe and they're just not telling yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. You go to the kitchen junk drawer and find a silencer. Like what yeah, is this thing? <laughs> like, like ah, it's a straw. It's a straw. Don't worry about it. <laughs> how did your folks meet? How did how did uh, a, a Detroiter? Uh, and we'll get to that later. That's the name. Yeah, of one of, for sure. That's the name of one of Sam's shows. I'm really good at interviewing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and a Ghanaian uh, meet. Was she going to school or something? Uh, no, I'll get. I'll give you the shorter version so it doesn't take up the whole podcast time i got i got uh, time i don't have anything oh. else to do <laughs> yeah me either honestly <laughs> uh, uh well uh, so my dad uh worked for uh the burger king corporation uh mm-hmm. and then like was, uh he retired from burger king after like he set up like a the first burger king in harlem like in the oh, early wow. 70s wow and then moved back to detroit bought a house with his like uh uh, like whatever severance or earnings, whatever yeah, yeah. his earnings with his cash, a bag of cash, yeah, yeah. Him. His BK uh, cash, his BK cash. They were like, "You're the king for the day." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and he bought a house in Detroit. And then one day, his phone rings, and he answers it. And this woman's like, "Hey, is Karen there?" And he's like, "Karen, uh, yeah, I just landed from Ghana. Uh, I just got back from Africa. I just got back from Africa, and this is the number I was supposed to call to come pick me up." My dad's like Africa, and then talked on this phone on the phone with this woman for an hour, and then was like, "You know, what? I'm gonna come pick you up." And so he goes to the airport, picks her up from the airport, and then she's like, "You got to go to Ghana. You got to go to Africa. Trust me, Africa is amazing. Uh, you go. You got to look for this guy named Mister Wiafi. He loves Americans. Just go to Africa." My dad's like, "Okay." So he flies to Africa. Is the uh, woman <laughs> is the woman from Africa? Or is she a, a, a no? She's US, a she's a, a, just a woman from yeah just, yeah yeah. Uh, and, and so he flies to Africa, travels all over West Africa, and then ends his time in Ghana. Like looks for Mr. Biafi, goes to Mr. Biafi's office, uh, goes for a meeting with him, uh, and he's busy, but he, like starts chatting up the secretary, uh, and 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 like on his way out, and Mr. Biafi's like, "Well, why don't you meet me for dinner? I'm 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 busy right now, but I'd love to see you here for dinner." Uh, and so he's like on his way out. He talks to the secretary. He's like, "Hey, I'm in town for another week or so." Uh, why don't we get some dinner? And so she's like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he goes to dinner uh, and uh, he's led into Mr. Yafi's house. 
uh, sits at the table, and Mr. Riaffi Mr. is sitting there. His wife, his uh, kids, uh, two of his daughters, one of whom is a secretary, and that was my mom. Oh, and wow. And so they spent the rest of their time together, the rest, rest of his time in Ghana together, like, every day, then went back to Detroit. Uh, they would rendezvous in London, and then back in Ghana and Detroit. Wow. Then London, back in Ghana and Detroit. Then London again, then they both moved to Detroit. That's like a hallmark. It truly, movie. it is. <laughs> How many kids did your did your folks end up creating? Uh, only me. I'm my mom's only child. My dad oh, had see. three kids pre- previous from a previous. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have you yes. have half siblings. I have half siblings. Yeah, yeah. Did oh, you grow at, up at with le- them in the house? Not exactly. No, not exactly. Uh, like, like there's at least 14 years difference between uh all of us, but between between oh, wow. me and my sister is closest to my age. Yeah, and my my brother's uh, sixteen years older, and my other brother's twenty one years older than me. Wow! So yeah, yeah, not not a lot of uh, wrestling in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that yeah, that's yeah, that's like having you know they had they had a uh, I don't know. It's did you did you have that situation where you like you were an eight year old uncle? Uh yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I had. Did. I have. There's in my family. There's some of that where like. My cousins, like this little kid would come over and my cousins would be like, that's our uncle. Like, wait, that's seven-year-old is your uncle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he sure All is. Right. Yeah, yeah. Probably, I got to put my uncle to bed real quick. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a temper tantrum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and you lived in Detroit your whole life then? Uh, uh, yeah, my whole, whole I, I lived, I lived whole in youth. Ghana uh, for like first and second grade. I lived in Ghana just oh, really? fully. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I would go back and forth like sometimes like twice a year uh, mm-hmm. before that and after that up until high school, uh, and then in high school I couldn't go back and forth as much. So my parents would go, but I would, you know, because it's it's hard to like take a work packet for high school and then be gone for like two months, yeah. you know. Uh, so I wouldn't go as often, or I wouldn't go hardly at all. I maybe went twice between from when I was in high school to like full adulthood. Uh, and then I went for my cousin's wedding when I was 20. No, sorry. When I was, when I was, no, yeah. When I was 20, I went for my cousin's wedding. Uh, and then I went last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. now when you, when you were, when you went in grade school and were, and were, went to grade school there, were your, was your dad still in Detroit? Did they kind of split? Time? He would I mean, come back and forth. Yeah, but so he didn't like live. He had businesses to run and things here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I see. And then my parents ran a tour uh, company, so they would bring tourists from Detroit uh, to Ghana. Oh, nice! Uh, and take them around. Yeah, it's called Lifestyle Tours. Uh, and so, like, lifestyle. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Sounds yeah, it sounds like a a swinger thing, <laughs> like a swingers. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Wait a minute. The dots are connecting. <laughs> That's why they were all so sexy. Yeah. And all t- they, oh, they weren't playing volleyball. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, um, it's because they're all sweaty and covered in sand. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, I mean, were you always a funny kid? Like, did you or was it a uh, funny house? Are your folks funny? And you know? my, my folks aren't really funny. Uh uh, uh, but I was a funny kid. I didn't even uh, kind of realize it because I would always do kind of bits and jokes. But like for, with my family, 
they would always like not really get it. And so they, I would always like do a joke and then they, I'd, I'd get like a lecture on like why it wasn't like true what I said. But I was like, well, yeah, I'm kidding here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but my cousin oh. Dwayne would always get my jokes and he would like just fall out laughing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks, yeah. Dwayne. Thank but every you, time Dwayne. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it was lectures and lectures. Yeah, yeah. Your parents are like uh, early internet trolls. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> nagging internet trolls. That's not real. I know. Um, yeah. Now, do you think that split your time back and forth between Detroit and, and Ghana, like, did it, like, was it hard to assimilate either or as you were kind of switching back and forth? It was. And I think that's also, like, part of where my funny came from. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I felt like when I was, when I would come to Detroit, or back to Detroit or whatever, I was like the African kid. And when I yeah. would go to Ghana, I was the American kid. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and like my accent was like kind of like a mix between the two for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, like I would I would say like uh, waste bin and strawberry and like, <laughs> you know, or yeah, rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And if it in like, in like Ghana, my, co- my cousins and my aunts, everybody would make fun of me because I would be like, oh, Butter, and they're like, "Oh, what? <laughs> it's butter, <laughs> <It's> stupid." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, it was always like a, a between, two, like straddling over two fences, but like, yeah, sitting on it. But do you yeah. think? I mean, is there is there like a tangible difference in just kind of like in what schools like, like what the group? I mean, are a group of kids the same anywhere? You know. A group of kids are pretty much the same anywhere. I in yeah. Ghana, I went to an American school. I went to a what's called oh, okay. Lincoln Community School, and so there was kids. It was an international school, really, but it, it was like established by Americans. And yeah. so, like my best friends were kind of from everywhere. Like my uh-huh. best friend Parshant was Indian. My friend Alex was from Canada. My friend Gert was from uh, for, was was Dutch. You mm-hmm. know, I could say uh, uh, my friend Sophie was French. Like so, I had like a whole world of people and then i go home my family was all gone in like everywhere was ghana so i got like yeah, a yeah. real you know world view yeah <laughs> yeah even a, if it's from kids it's a and it's an enviable uh experience you know it's like i think that it's yeah. probably you know um you might have been you might have been a complete asshole otherwise uh, yeah know? exactly and I, I still was because i was like this is international but this is my territory <laughs> so you all are visiting my home yeah, yeah. Take it easy, <laughs> hey, Gert. Exactly. Gert Janmeyer, pay me dues. <laughs> um, did you have a preference when you were little? When I was little, I was all about coming to America. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the movie and like the life. Uh, I, I was, I was, it was something, the things that were most important to me were the Ninja Turtles, McDonald's, and just like, summertime in america like i that's yeah. why i was like it's gotta i that's all i want and, yeah, and Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah it is like uh it, it is like american culture does kind of it does it does big stuff right you know it yeah, does, like, yes it it's does it's like yeah fucking hamburgers and coca-cola and <laughs> steven spielberg movies they're all yeah kind of <laughs> yeah. undeniable in all this yeah. <laughs> nothing yep. you can do about it yeah well did you growing up did you have did you have an idea what you kind of wanted to do with your life did you have an idea you know were you, did you feel pushed in any way by 
Uh, honestly, no, I really didn't. I thought I was going to go into like business, you know, mm-hmm. my grandfather was like a big business uh, man. He like industrialized a lot of Ghana and like West Africa. Oh, okay. Uh, and he was uh, he was like a member of parliament in Ghana and, and he was a chief. And so mm. I was, it was like, oh. I I think maybe I'm going to go into it seemed like the thing and I and I always love love money so like it seemed like that was the thing so I was going to go into like business and I was like I'm going to make a corporation I'm going to be like a big time businessman with like a suit on and like a briefcase full of money yeah uh, but then I'm like also like very lazy so like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I I didn't like really start getting into the idea of actually be, be, uh, acting like I loved comedy and I loved, you know, I loved singing and I loved theater and I loved all these things. Uh, but the idea of doing theater didn't like really hit me until uh, my dad took me to see the show Dream Dreamgirls was mm-hmm. touring and it came to Detroit. Uh, and so he took me to see that and I was blown away. Really? Because like the music was amazing. They did these quick costume and set changes, which even yeah. talking about right now, I get like goosebumps. Cause like it was like in a snap, it was a whole other set. And I was like, this is yeah. fully magic. Like yeah, yeah. I was enthralled. Uh, did and it, then like, did it I, have any of the big names? Like was Jennifer Holiday or anybody? Or was it like mm-mm. support? Yeah, yeah. Like a, a touring cast. It's a touring cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess this would have been in. Probably like ninety five. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. a revival in at any rate. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like before the movie and like well after the actual play. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, hey, keep Dream Girls alive, and I'm glad they did. Uh, and, and like I, I didn't like really consider it like a thing that you could do. Cause I went to a very small middle school. There were like mm-hmm. maybe sixteen kids in my grad- graduating class. You know, so like we didn't have like a theater program or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one time, like the, the music class did like HMS Pinafore with like all the classes and all the grades, and mm-hmm. it was just like in the commons. It was like a very small thing, but I was like, ah, oh, sure, whatever. But I got to high school. Uh, uh, there was a theater program, and I, I was I didn't realize it was like a thing. I went to an, ended up going to an all boys high school, and I didn't realize it was all boys <laughs> until what. Like, uh, a couple who, who, week before. <laughs> who keeps that information from you? Your folks, you know? My folks, essentially. I, I wasn't, I, I, again, my parents, like, were going to go move to Ghana. And oh. I was going to go to boarding school in London. Uh, and then, like, last minute, they were like, oh, no, we're going to stay in Detroit. <laughs> and I had taken the entrance exam to U of D Jesuit High School. Uh, and like, yeah, I was going to ask, me, is it Catholic? Yeah. It's yeah. Catholic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> are, are you and Catholic? I, my, I am not. Oh, and your not. folks aren't. Yeah, uh, my, fo- my my mom was, but now my parents are Episcopalian. Oh, okay. Catholic mm-hmm. light. Catholic light, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> diet, diet Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so I'm sorry, but anyway, so you you get to high school oh. and and you have I get to high school and then like I'm I'm at football uh, practice uh, and a bus pulls up to my school and it's like full of girls and I was like, what? <laughs> and they go into like into like the commons. So I'm like, well, I got to go find out what's going on. Yeah. So like, what is everybody here for? They're like play auditions. So I auditioned for the play, and yeah. then I got in. <laughs> and and I, can you do can you do football and play at the same time? Or I I couldn't. So I I yeah. dropped out of the football yeah. team Good immediately. Choice. Good choice. Yeah. I, you uh, know, like from from there to here, I definitely wouldn't like have a Super Bowl ring. Right. <laughs> 
but probably many concussions. So what what uh, when when you start doing theater? I, well, first of all, in your in your school, does, is the football to theater transition frowned upon in any way? Like not really, because I went to an, so it was an all boys school. So yeah. like a lot of the posturing that comes from uh, uh, co gendered or or you know uh, co ed yeah co ed yes yeah <laughs> uh, from co ed school is isn't there so like everybody was just like pals you know yeah, yeah. so you do the play and you'd be like yeah sure yeah or football team yeah sure and like yeah. even later on honestly like our our uh, our director of the musicals was a man named Father Ron Torina. Uh, and he was the foot. He was a. He was the high. He was the uh, college guidance counselor, mm-hmm. or the college counselor. And he would oftentimes suggest to members of the football team that they should uh, try the musical out to, you know, help diversify their uh, their resume. Their their uh, tr- oh, transcript oh, or I, their, yeah, their yeah, yeah. applications. Yeah, and like, so like, we'd get football players on there, and they would like kind of fall in love with it because it was like a fun thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and of course we would always accept, and then like the uh, and but like it was never like a transition like in the movies, like in in uh uh, uh what's 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 the like 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 in like in Twenty One Jump Street, you know, where like uh-huh. they get separated and one goes to the <laughs> football team, one goes to the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, never really inside. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just because, but also too, you're like in a. You're in a city, and like I, we were in the country, and football oh. was—it was a big deal, you know. Yep. It was—I mean, I didn't watch a lot of Friday Light Nights, but or Friday Night Lights, but it was kind of like that, where it was a big, big deal. Yeah, and 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 like, you know, and like there were kids that like if I'd, I've talked about this on here before, but like if you're big and you didn't play football, you, it was looked like what, what, whoa, why would you, you know, as if <laughs> yeah, you like know, you as just- if. A yeah. full waste. <laughs> yeah, it's like as if you were like wasting food or something. You know? Yeah. Like, you, why are you not doing? And it's like, you know, I ended up. I just ended up quitting when there was a. We got a new varsity coach who wanted us to come in five nights a week for two hours to do weight training and run wind sprints and was like, now it's optional because it was illegal to force kids to do that in summer. He uh-huh. said it's optional, and I think you all know what optional means. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, I went home and I told I told my mom and my stepdad, and God bless them. They're like, "Well, you're going to quit, aren't you?" Like, it's just yeah. like, it's like I'm not giving my summer to you, you know? Like, yeah, man. Uh, five Be days a me. week. Yeah, yeah. And there again, and like it's- it. I did not have what it took. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I got a job at the grocery store instead. So <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, uh, in my head, I also imagine like a guy who's like got a clipboard and just huffing and puffing to get up and down the field. It's like you guys got to do wind sprints nonstop. <laughs> cough, cough, cough. Yeah, <laughs> sit down. Now, wh- this guy was not that. This guy. No. This guy was. Yeah. This guy was like a. a he had been kind of a he had played kind of big time college ball, but uh-huh. blew out his knee. I uh, see. So he he ended up being a coach and uh, and uh, one one really fun aspect of him was that he in college as a you know like he and he would openly say it like 
he took badminton just as like a blow off course and fell in <laughs> love with badminton. Oh, and yeah. then, and then in gym, he would like, like I would say 30% of your gym year was playing badminton. But badminton. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I played tennis and I was pretty good. And my best friend yeah. was a really talented athlete. So the coach would, he would insist that he, it was like, it was like uh, we would keep him entertained. Me and my friend Dave would play him and this, and he would he picked this kid that that w- had learning disabilities and probably would in today's world would have been at a different school, but it was uh-huh. like the coach picked Jeff and then Dave and I would play and we played every day. He would just play with us, and he'd get really mad because Dave and I both knew. Uh, if you hit to his backhand side, he can't turn because that's his bad knee. Good knee. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like it's like knowing it was like we just kept hammering the thing that kept him <laughs> kept him from glory, that ruined yeah. his life. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have let us know about that. And he, because yep. we'd, we'd hit it to his backhand side, and he'd go like, oh, like just so mad because he knew he couldn't get it. <laughs> Never well, show weakness. Coach. I know. I know. Um, now, were you? Were, did you? Did you feel like you were a standout in in the theater department of your school, and did you get acknowledged as such? I did. I like. I I I, I did. And like the kids, would, the other students would always be like, "Man, you're funny." And I was like also a funny kid in class, and like, yeah, you know. So take that to the theater thing. They like my friends would come to see the plays just for me and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I guess like I kind of like a, a standout there. So yeah, I, I kind of got acknowledged. And at the same time, I was also taking classes at Second City in oh, Detroit. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, in high like when school. I was in, when I was when I was sixteen, I took my first wow. like Second City classes. Or in fact, I tur- in fact I turned sixteen while taking classes. Wow! So yeah, I was uh, so I was like already kind of like, into the getting into it. Yeah. Now, can movement. second can Second City put you on stage at that age, or is it ju- it's just purely for yeah for classes? Just, and, yeah, yeah, purely for classes. Uh, and like every now and then, I'd get up and I'd do like a, an improv jam, you know. Yeah, but yeah. like also trying to hang back. I'm like, I clearly I know that I don't know some of the st- like if you get into a scene about an office, I'm fully guessing what adults <laughs> do at work. Yeah, so yeah. like it, it will be <laughs> to no <Yeah>. one's <laughs> benefit. <laughs> were, you, were you treated like, you know, having doing, you know, getting into things beyond class? Were you like treated like a mascot, a Second City kind of mascot and stuff? Or, uh, uh not entirely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I, I was just like kind of start, and at, at that point, I just kind of started classes. I got into them real heavy when I was in college, uh-huh. and and then I was like old enough to. You know, I, I seemed like an adult. At least I, I think I did. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah. And also, like, I was like a, a mainstay at the bar from like age <laughs> eighteen. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Did no they one serve was questioning. You? Did yeah. they serve you? Oh, that's yeah. Sweet. That's oh back in my the day. god, eighteen, and you got a bar that they'll serve you. That's pretty. Great. I was, I was, I was a full on regular. I would go there, like I would spend like three to four t- days a week at that bar. And then I would go. I spent my. Tw- I had my twenty first birthday there, uh-huh. and, the, and the owner was like, "Happy birthday, Sam! How old are you?" I was like, uh, "I'm twenty one, George." And he's like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. Oh, and I was that's like, great. That's Sorry. great. Can't kick me out now. <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. So, so you. I mean, it's not a. It's not a. A. a, a 
far-fetched thing for you to start to think about doing this professionally since you're so kind of immersed in it, which is a unique, yep. a unique experience. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, I dropped out of college because I was, I was working at, uh, I was doing shows at Second City. I was like, I was about to be an understudy. I was doing shows at Second City at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was doing shows at the theater called Planet Ant Theater, which is like in Hamtramck, which is a small I know uh, city. Yeah. Oh, you know Hamtramck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, there was a, a theater called the Planet Ant, and it's still there, uh, where I was like doing shows, and it got to be the point where I was having a hard time managing both college theater and like professional theater and Second City. So I was like, "Well, I'm gonna leave college." Right. Uh, uh, and uh, it, it was def- definitely I was like scared to do that, but yeah, I was just having so much fun, and I could like really see a path, like there was like a real. You know uh, that that that, that there, there was a, a, an objective that I could clearly see, and I was like, "Oh, I want to be on the main stage of Second City, Detroit," and yeah. like from there, I want to be on uh, the main stage in, or I want to be on the Vegas main stage, and then I want to uh-huh. be on the Chicago main stage. Well, all these things seemed like very far fetched, but I was like, you know, but I, at least it was like a path I could see, mm-hmm. you know. And there were uh, were there people in Detroit who you knew like that had gone on and were making their living at this, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Keegan, uh, there was a group called the 313. It had Keegan Michael Key in it, Naima Funk, uh, Larry Joe Campbell, uh, like a bunch of, of Detroit uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, expats would come and they would do shows in, in, uh, in, because they, they were all Second City alumni and then they were, they, they would come back to Detroit and do shows. And oh, like, wow. I, and, and they would sometimes like do workshops and stuff. So I get, could like clearly see them in that path. Mm-hmm. And then I could do that. And there was something at at, at Second City called <laughs> it was like lovingly called by, by uh by the black cast members and things. We call it the, the Jerry C Minor Underground Railroad because <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Minor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <Yeah. laughs> we you because you knew that if you were a black cast member in Detroit, which had like a lot of black, you know, performers, yeah. that they would need diversity in Chicago. So yeah. you would kind of go from there and kind of get fast tracked through the Chicago system. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went from Detroit. Uh, I got hired to do a cruise ship. So I worked on a cruise ship for a year for Second City. Oh, and wow. And then they took me to Chicago to do the touring yeah. company. Yeah. And then yeah. I did two years in the touring company and then the main stage for two years. Uh and I mean, that's not to say that I ju- I just went through because I, I was like, oh, easy peasy. Oh no, but I know what you, I know it, what you mean. Yeah, but no, yeah. well, it's it's the same thing. I mean, for my pre- well, when I was doing improv in Chicago, coming up through Chicago because <laughs> I was from there, I just had the benefit of being from there, and yep. And then my skill set was sort of suited to it. It was just yep. geographical happenstance that worked out really nicely. Yep. Um But it was you know it's all. A bunch of white guys named Mike, you know. I mean, yeah, just, exactly. It, and it a, was and a it few, was few Chris's. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was fairly <laughs> white men. So what would happen is that is that women would kind of get the a kind of uh, a, like you say a fast track, like a a, a a woman coming through Improv Olympic who is talented would kind of get put on a team faster than uh, uh, you know a, a sort right. of equally. But- equally promising guy which always but you know but if you suck you suck you know like you, you exactly. might exactly they need like 
Yeah, it's not anyone's fault. Well, that's arguable. I was going to say it's not right. anyone's fault that it's mostly white men. It's society's <laughs> fault. But, yeah, exactly. but, you know, but I mean, but it's like the, the you know, Sharna Helper and, and Del Close are giving classes. It's not like they're turning away right. you know, anybody. <laughs> it just, it's like, yeah, no, it's, uh, the point is, is that, yeah, you can, you know, because of needing something other than white men on stage. Yes, If you're exactly. not a white man, you you might get there, but you got to stay there. You know, you staying there is is on you. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. And like, th- just, uh, if you have to actively, like, like there's so, it's, it's so difficult to flourish. You know what I mean? Like, I would, like, like, even playing on improv teams in, in, in Detroit and in Chicago, well, you know, you'd get an improv team and you'd be with seven white guys and they'd always just try and like, and unconsciously or, or subconsciously or whatever, they'd be like, oh, well, the, the the tone is is typically white guys are regular and everything else is a little something extra, you know. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, I don't yeah. live my life like <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. call myself a white person with a bunch of extras, you right, know what right, I mean? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah, you don't like walk around all the time being like I'm black, you know. But I'm a black person. What's going? Yeah. On, you know, but comedy comedy definitely does that. Where, where it happens in improv is like in improv in an instant you have to be able to be anything. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And like, they, they wouldn't let you do that. So, it, yeah. so if it, it'd be like in, in an improv scene, it's like, all right, well, we're three guys in an office, but he's the office black guy. And I'm like, well, all right, that is its own scene, but yes. there's so many things. It shouldn't always just be relegated to that. Like yeah. I'm able to yeah, play yeah. A, a, a plethora of things. And like, also that it, it comes with what your assumption of what black culture and black means so like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm improvising with three people you, you they don't know what actually it is so yeah. everything they put on me is an assumption or a, like a stereotype or some sort of thing that could be true or could be you know something they've completely made up but mm-hmm. now i have to spend the scene either justifying or kind of like trying to like curve it to yeah. not be that and so i'm like doing three times the work to, yes. to make sure that I show up and not just be relegated or to to whatever their idea was, yeah, you know, because they yeah they they've told you what you are and that's not what you're supposed to do, and then for you to make you know? it about something more, it like you say it's it's extra work. And for me, the basic you know? thing is, you know, one of Dell Close's things, I think his thing was, I think it was the third choice. Like he'd say, like there's the yes. like when you're presented with something, you get an obvious choice. And then the second mm-hmm. choice is just sort of the 180 of that choice. And it's yep. in the third choice that, like, the discovery starts. Yep. And and being on stage with a black person and going, like, hello, black person, that's, like, first choice. That's just, like. It's first choice. And it, and it's just, like, it just, it's boring. Let's get to something new and different, you, you know? know? And, exactly. You know, and also, we're supposed to be living in a in a society where everyone gets treated the same. You got to live know. it to do, you know, you got to treat, you can't just like, you know, the, it's like, you know, like, hello, woman, or, you know, hello, gay person, or, you know, it's just right. Like, how about hello person, you know? You know? Ex- exactly. Because because I'll say like, like, black, like my blackness, Dave Chappelle's blackness, like our blackness is, it, it, it is who we are, and it is our yeah. identity, you know, it, 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 it is like how we live in and view the world through this, that, 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 that the, the circumstances that happen 
as a black person, but with the world that you see as a black person, how the world treats you, these are all the truths, you know? So as a performer also, it's important to, you know, you, you have to tell that truth, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but, but I think the hard part, I, I guess like the, 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 the difference for, for like a stand up and improv is that like through committee, improv is through committee. And so everybody then gets a say on my blackness in an improv scene. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> you, yeah, you know what yeah, I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, <laughs> that, that, so that, that is definitely, uh, there's, there, there's no escaping the image that a person sees of me when I'm performing an improv scene. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and I and, and escape maybe is the wrong word. It's not to say like, oh, what a, a a terrible thing. I wish I could hide it. No, I'm not saying that. I but know what you, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's def- definitely, uh, I I am able to perform when in an improv scene. I can't do this in like a movie or or like a. I, maybe I can do a voiceover. I can be in improv scene. I can be anything. anything. Yeah. If yeah. I want to be a robot, if I want to be an right. alien. I can woman. be that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, a French woman. Yeah. So they're more able to accept the idea in a scene that I am a robot from Planet Xenon, but not that I'm a black CEO of a company. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why yeah, is yeah. that the the point yeah. where it's it's? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like that's not. <laughs> Well, so, and I, I also, I mean, I can sit, I can sit here and say, you know, why not make it about something other than blackness? And it's like easy for me to, easy for me, Whitey, to say, you know, like, you know, can it be about something else? And it's like totally not for me to say, you know, uh, yeah, based yeah. on a black performer or even like a show like Chappelle's show. Me going mm-hmm. like, couldn't something be, couldn't it be about <laughs> something other than blackness? You know, well, what the fuck do I know? It's not, it's totally not my perspective. And I'm just, and I, I, you know, I think in my mind, I'm saying it as uh, a comedy. He should be free to say whatever he wants to say. As a comedy professional and television producer thinking like, how can we always be doing something new and interesting? Because for me, the, 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 you know, the kryptonite is boring. Just don't make it boring. Don't make it something I've seen before. And so it falls into that, you know, like, like, but, but there again, it's like, it's more than just like the fact that it's, it's a, it's a trope, you know, it's, and, and also too, it's like, it's suck. It's like, you're making blackness a trope. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the the way that you're making it, like the fat guy's a fat guy. It's like, no, it's, it's like, it's a little more, a little weighty, dare I say, uh, than that. So, um, yeah. And also too, it's, it's, I mean, I've seen this repeatedly, especially, and in, in, in comedy spaces, even, you know, forget Chicago out here, you know, they're white spaces. They're frequently white spaces and you can just, yeah, you can just see like, like the, the the thing, it's just like like the white writer when the black writer is hired and comes in, the white writer that just can't just just can't just shut like, up, just just, just oh, right. fuck man, don't don't say it, don't say it, you know, don't say like, like uh. <laughs> yeah, just like just the the you know the dopiest kind of you know like 
like talking about hip hop or something. It's just, you like, know, oh, exactly. Man. It's like, just, I know how to yeah. connect. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and it, cause you just, you just know that like, <laughs> there's, there's just like the guys with like that in, in the same room as a black person are just like, there's like in their mind going, He's black, he's black, he's black, he's black, he's black, yeah, exactly. he's black, he's black, you know? What do I <laughs> exactly. say? What do I say? I don't want what to do, do this wrong. I don't want to make a mistake, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So. Which is exactly that. And, like, and I think that is the key, right? Because they're like, oh, he's black, he's black, he's black, he's black, he's black. I better treat him. Uh, what do I, how do I treat him? Instead of being like, okay, he's black. Great. I'll just be conscious of, yeah. like, make sure that I'm not, <laughs> I am not uh, making assumptions on him that are my yeah. own. And and I'm not hindering him because right. uh, of, of these things. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, you know, because like, you got to yeah, you got to acknowledge, you know, like you got to acknowledge uh, a person's sex, a person's sexuality. You got to acknowledge mm-hmm. their history. You got to acknowledge, you know, there's things you acknowledge, but then you just, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You just be normal, folks. I guess that's what just, we're saying. I think that's the that's the headline here. Yeah. Be- normal Just folks be normal you weirdos <laughs> love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places well working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like t-mobile we have america's largest 5g network so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop we have the 5g speed you need whatever takes you on the go t-mobile's got you covered Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Bravo. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. People think the new fresh fragrances from Glade are fresher than fresh, like artist Angela. Can't you tell my love's a grow? So then how does, I mean, do you end up, oh, you, well, you were on the cruise ship and then you come back mm-hmm. to main stage and are, I mean, do you start to feel like I, I got to push more, I got to do more, I got to. Well, yeah, like, like, so I, I came back uh, and I, I, I moved from the cruise ship to Chicago for the, for the touring company. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. But even on the cruise ship, I was like. I like well, I got what I needed out of Second City. I'm gonna move to LA, and then oh, they're really? like, "Oh, why don't you join the? They like, why don't you understudy the touring company?" And I was like, mm, 
no, I'm going to move to LA. They're like, join the touring company. So then yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, okay. Right. You're like, so, I do like riding around in a van. So maybe I, maybe you I know? join the touring company. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I do like high school gyms. So you know. <laughs> did you do any high? I didn't mean, I don't know what tour company no, is, but that's, yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah, we, we would do like all, we did high school gyms. We did uh, casinos. Yeah. One time we did a uh, there was like a marathon and they made us like a booth like a, a like a a stage on a, a stop on the marathon oh. and it was like the worst show I've ever done in my oh life. Oh my god, I can't even believe that. Yeah, like you're talking about like how are you able to establish a scene when people are literally running by you? Yeah. So you are you you're like who's gonna get the setup and punch if right. you're like either you're hearing you're hearing freaking 15 second clips <laughs> and uh it was a mess and also it was no a one mess. can hear no one can probably hear you at all no one can hear we were outside the oh. sound was just going straight up into the heavens wow. it was the sloppiest messiest oh, yeah. thing i've ever been a part of yeah although that at a certain point becomes freeing because you're just like well yes. i mean you know what it, you know yes and this you're just the, laughing. Yeah. It's like it, it, the house is on fire. I guess I'm going to burn. And then I'll just move on. You know? <laughs> exactly. Let's um, <laughs> make so ash from, angels. From Turco, uh, I mean, was that fun? Did you enjoy it or did it get right? I did. I, mean, yeah. I, really, I, I, really, I really loved Turco because, I mean, I, I, I went to, I've, I've been to every state now except for Alaska. Oh, wow. Uh, and I mean, I, I didn't go to Hawaii with Turco, but I. Uh, You've been to Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii. I shot a little movie called Mike and Dave Me Wedding Dates. <laughs> you know what? I, just say you just say you've been to Hawaii. Uh, no, well, Mike and Dave Me Wedding Dates. So a, a hit movie came out in 2016. <laughs> uh, oh. But no, but it, it, it really gave me the opportunity to, to like. For, first off, like the cruise ships gave me the chance to perform in front of a big audience mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. Because mm-hmm. like you have like fifteen hundred people sitting in that theater, and we oh, would wow, do really? the shows. Yeah, yeah, wow, uh, huge! Uh, the entire cruise ship, people watching you, and then you kind of like get your reps in front of big audiences. And so then, what touring company did for me was it gave me reps in front of different all kinds. So I'd we do something in a black box theater, we do something at a in an opera house, you mm-hmm. know, and like in all these different kinds of audiences where we do something in. You, you know, we'd per- perform in like uh, like a big like a big city that we'd perform in. Like, let's say we perform in a, a big theater in Detroit. You know, then we would go and do a small, tiny theater in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was like all uh, such a diverse ex- experience of audiences and like performing to scale that yeah. it was like invaluable to learn that. Yeah, and especially audiences, it's not just the the sort of uh, you know demographics of the audience; it's their familiarity of, with what the fuck improv even is. You know, yep. Like you're yep. doing this particular kind of comedy that requires patience and understanding and cooperation because it's like sometimes you need the audience to just sit tight until you figure out what's going on until you figure it out. Yeah, and that and, yeah, that Go is ahead. something. That gave us a so us from Detroit, like me and, and Tim Robinson and, and folks, we would perform in Detroit 
And like the like it's certainly not the same audience as it is in Chicago. Yeah. So you're talking about like a lot of blue collar folks who like kind of spent their lives like either I'm gonna see a movie or I'm gonna see this thing. What is this? It's stand up, and you had to learn to get that audience on your side off the bat. Like you yeah. couldn't. There was like no time to like kind of like work your way through something. Like you just kind of learn. And we 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 would get something. You know, but we would learn how to get there fast, hard, funny, and then get that audience to trust us. Mm-hmm. so quick and then like you know within that like you start, you, you start finding like these like beautiful nice elaborate things you can like start weaving these webs but we'd come to Det- we'd move from detroit to chicago and they would it was like we had a superpower we'd get on the stage and like boom 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 and like we're in the scene and like the audience yeah. is like you know laughing like and on board like following and then all of a sudden then the audience follows every move we make yeah you know because like, like we, we we knew that in detroit you had to make them trust you so early yeah you know because it's like in in chicago like it's academic you know Mm -hmm. the idea of improv is like oh well you know you know like i i know that this is what a scene is and this is but in detroit you had to have the academic but you had to have like that hard yeah freaking you know lab And (laughs) and you learn it's not like you do say like you do the same bit but you do Mm -hmm. learn an energy or like you know you got to hit a hard laugh you know you learn tricks that aren't yep. necessarily like I'm going to tell this same funny joke or I'm going to be this same funny character, but you do know the kind of energy and the kind of pop that you need to give it. Yeah. And I would say yep. even in even in Chicago, when I you know it's Chicago and we would do improv shows and people would come up to us afterwards and say like, "So wait, you, that's really all made up?" Like they still <laughs> yeah. didn't couldn't believe that. Like I mean, it's like it's also like I would when people would say that, it'd be like. Okay, there we're good at what we do, and that was kind of fun. I would think this we're good and it's funny, <laughs> but it's still a fucking mess. You know, it's, it's still a like, mess. Yeah, exactly. did, didn't you notice like the scene that didn't make any sense at all, and that we <laughs> bailed on real quick? Like if it was if, if we would why would we write that? You know, why would exactly. we write all, all those mistakes? So, <laughs> and that I mean that also like makes me make, it goes to the idea that like improv is such a live thing. Mm-hmm. Watching a, a tape of if you watched a, a a video of an improv show, you'd be like, "No, <laughs> this is lame." Yeah, yeah. But like in the moment, you feel like you're part of you. You're watching those moments, you're and an audience is going to be you're a partner, yeah. and they're going to forgive everything else if you get that big pop, that big moment. They're like, "Wow, that's brilliant," and they'll forget yeah. about all those fumbles and all those kind of like nowhere nothings. As yeah. long as you get to that moment, and it's like, yeah. you, it's it's the magic of that moment. But if you were to like just record that and then just like show that same audience that, that exact same show on a screen, they'd mm-hmm. be like, "Nah, this is." <laughs> this I've always, lame. I've always <laughs> like, I remember years ago sitting on a panel at. At the 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 first UCB in, in like the first permanent UCB in in New York, yeah, uh, on Twenty Second Street, and I was on a panel talking about improv, like it was just like a sort of you know like it was like a for improv students and stuff, and but I can't remember yeah. what I think it was part of a comedy festival or something. But Amy Poehler was on stage with me and a few other people, and I said something about like, well. I don't think improv will ever work on TV because the remote is its biggest enemy. Cause you're, you're yeah. not going to sit there and wait for people to figure things out. You, when you got the remote and you got 8,000 other choices. And I said, yeah. And, and I, and I said something like, and it, 
Because improv sort of inherently apologizes for itself. Like yes. it's saying to the audience, give it, cut us a little slack here. Cause we yep. we're making this up and that's kind of cool. Right. So don't, don't be like not funny. Like right off the bat, <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah, exactly, give exactly. us some, give us some space. And Amy was like, no, 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 it does not. It's like, it's a viable art form and it can be on TV. And I was like, oh, okay, but I don't think so. I mean, it's not, yeah, uh, you know, cause even like the supposedly like improv shows that are on TV are not really, mm-hmm. you are not it's actually like, improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. kind of like, they're, they're freshly written, but they're not. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. And it might not be, it might, might not be on a script, but they're, you know, somebody, they had some time to think about it. So. Exactly, and like, yeah. like, and and like, there, there was definitely tracks because, like, it, to do like a full show, like to do uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is improvised, uh, but on you know tracks, like it's an outline yeah. Yeah. that you you follow. Like, if it, if it was just improv, you'd never be able to like, have set. You'd never have locations and sets mm-hmm. in order because, like, in true improv, you can go anywhere at any time. Yeah. you know, like in improv, you're like, oh. Man, let's go to the firehouse. You're like, oh, firehouse. Now we have to find a firehouse to like film. Yeah, like it's yeah, imp- yeah. it'd be impossible. Right. And you know, just, you know, uh, well, and I want to ask, I want to ask about that just so that people can know what that, because you've been on that show. But, you know, to me, the thing that people are always like, oh, you know, you probably, you know, being in a Will Ferrell movie, you probably, guys probably get to like really fuck around and do whatever you want. It's like, yeah, but the thing is, is you're only lit in like this four foot circle and, and you can't like, you can't just like, I'm going to run across the room because the cameraman doesn't know you're going to run across the room and they got to follow you. And somebody has got to change the focus on the lens, you know, and you're going to run in front of a light. (laughs) Improv on film is basically like you, you, there's a, I mean, you can do a whole, you know, you can make up the words if you're going to sit and stay in one place, but usually my experience with improv on film is is you can rewrite a joke like there you know yes. like you get to a point and then you know like and they would on um, i mean and i've been on a few will ferrell movies and certainly that was the thing like get, let's run a few others and then that that becomes a yep. dvd extra you know like yeah yeah exactly different. yeah yeah <laughs> Wait, and it's always like i always love doing it because it's like there's nothing more fun to me than surprising the person you're doing the show with, like coming yes. up, you know, like when you can surprise somebody and make them almost laugh, it's the best. It's the, like, if you can make, if you can make the other person fuck up and laugh, it's the best. It's like such yeah. a charge and you feel so great and it just feels so silly, you know, but yeah. tell me what was, what was, what is working like? Uh, what is, what is uh, a curb like when you go there? Like, do they just, is there any kind of script? Do they just give you a, no, you just kind of like no. You get like a paragraph kind of. I hope it's not like it was some getting me in trouble for explaining how the sausage is made. But like you get like a paragraph of like what nobody listens uh, to this. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> oh, oh. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up then. <laughs> uh, no, but you get like a paragraph, and you like you kind of know what's happening in the episode, and like it's, essentially it's just a scenario that you're given in the script. Like, uh, it, so it, it it is improvised, but you know that like. In my episode, I knew I was with Mary Holland. We were a married couple, and she uh, was pregnant. And we knew we were coming to Larry's house, uh, and that I was going to give him my watch. And like he was going to like make an uncomfortable joke about uh, a question about like which uh, it's an interracial baby. 
which which side do I want it to be? Do I want to be a little darker or be a little happy if he's a little lighter? And so like that's the that's the Larry yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah thing. And so like we knew that was coming. So like we we improvised on that, but we we knew where it had to begin. We knew that they had to hit those beats, and then we knew it had to end with me giving his watch and then getting out of there. You yeah. know, so like we we would go and then we just improvise it, and like the first time through, and then go back and like re-improvise, kind of like knowing what to hit, what to miss, mm-hmm. kind of what to uh, what to like kind of focus on because that's the thing. Like also the cameras, you have to like adjust the cameras and then do yeah. it again. Yeah. So you couldn't like do a completely different scene because mm-hmm. then it wouldn't match at all. Right. You know? And if you say uh, something good, when they shoot Larry's close up of it, he's got to react to that thing that you said that was tip. good and you got to say it again. And I imagine they tell you that, yep. like, say that again. We're going to keep that for sure. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And you can tell, like, they're just t- taking notes to make sure that what is good stays and what, what you know, you know, uh, and, and what tracks for the story. So you're, you, uh, so yeah, it, so the improv gets narrower and narrower as you go because you found it, and now then you're uh, just trying to match it so that it matches in the scene, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I th- I think that maybe is like the most improv-y TV thing I've done, mm-hmm. and and I think that that like exists, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but it's like very much it, it's it's more on rails than you think. But as an improviser, it is more loose than I'd expected. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I, I mean, the point of this is like, uh, why the fuck haven't I been on Curb? That's the that's what, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I had you here. Oh, the yeah. hell do you think you are? Blah, 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 Fair blah. Enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I've done plenty. I have plenty in my life. Um, so when you're uh, are your folks uh, are they are they behind all of these uh these you know as as this ride i mean they're not like don't you want to you know learn dentistry you know (laughs) no they're very proud and they're they're very into they've they've always been like very super supportive that's Uh, my dad's always been into the arts like he was uh like like he he's very involved in like the the uh opera scene in detroit oh wow uh yeah uh uh so like theater has always been like great for him and my mom my mom is just always 100 percent supportive no matter what i want to do oh really <laughs> like, oh, that's great because like i was like mom i want to try crack she'd be like oh, okay i'll get you some <laughs> yeah yeah but <laughs> make sure it's good crack make sure it's good crack and it's gonna be the best crack then okay <laughs> <laughs> i know somebody that I, i'll call a friend of mine <laughs> um, well, uh, so how does that end up being? You know, how do you how do you get out of that Midwestern churn? Like, how do you know what what brings you to L.A. or was it L.A. or was it New York? Uh, L.A. Yeah, L.A. Uh, it was truly like the path of my, my my path in my head was I will go to Second City, Detroit. Hopefully, I'll go to Second City, Chicago. Then I'll go to SNL. You know, and then like yeah, that'll yeah. be. That's like the path I see. Yeah. And uh, I, I I did Detroit, then went to the cruise ship, did Chicago touring company. Then I was I was gonna quit the touring company. I was like, I'm gonna I've been I've been touring for two years, I'm gonna move to LA. And they're like, All right, join the main stage. So I did the main <laughs> stage for two years. Yeah. And then through there I auditioned for SNL twice, did like two screen tests. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was 
uh, that I I was going to. The only reason I was going to do another year at Second City would be to audition for SNL again, and I was mm-hmm. like, well. You know what I can do. Either you're going to hire me or not, and like, yeah. kinda, and 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 they were. It was very much like a yes, but there's not a space for you yet. And I was like, well, uh, I don't know what that means, and that's okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 but then I'd I'd been auditioning for things in L.A. for like pilot seasons, but sending tapes in, and mm-hmm. I would get very close on things. I'd be sending in like multiple tapes from the same parts, but like it would always go to somebody in L.A. because it's impossible to. Like viably <laughs> make a a, a television or, or film career from Chicago yeah. just by sending in tapes, you know. Yeah, and like yeah. working at Second City, I couldn't fly out whenever I wanted to. I I, I was like didn't really have an understudy, so yeah. it was. It's know. really it's still really hard to. I mean, if if you live in Chicago and you get a job in L.A., you move to L.A. I mean, or, unless yeah, you just yeah. want to do that one job. And the only people that don't live in L.A. who work in this business either, uh, you know, haven't really gotten started or are so established they can live wherever they want. They can live wherever they want to. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Because I know I it would just the it was it just it doesn't it doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, unless you yeah. got some kind of gig in Chicago. You know, like uh, like for your, there's a guy, a guy named David Pesquese that people. Pesquese, I was gonna, I was gonna bring yeah. up Pesquese. He's an amazingly talented uh, comedian, actor, and he's been in some stuff. He's currently doing. He's in Amy Sedaris' show as the the mm-hmm. knife guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was on and, Veep as yeah. Uh, oh right, right. As Selena's husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he um he. You know, everybody, you know, like he was gonna be the guy, like uh, like when I was a freshman in improv, you know. Yeah. And he stayed in Chicago because he he made a nice living doing voiceovers. He did he had uh-huh. like the McDonald's account for a million years. So he was like the one anomaly of the look if you want to make a, like if you want to make more than 4 or 500 dollars a week you got to you got to get out of Chicago, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So so you come out here and I, the, I came the, out here. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I, I'd gotten representation because of my uh, t- the times I'd gone to audition for SNL. So oh, like nice. then my you know that, that that puts your name on like a radar. So uh, I, I moved out here with representation, and I had uh, and one of my visits, I had met with Allison Jones, who's a, a big casting director out in LA, mm-hmm. and she had come to see my show in Chicago. Oh wow! And so. She was like, well, when I got here, she was like, well, I'm going to get you working, you know? And I was like, oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> and then she got me on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. If, you, if you'd if you like. Yeah. Uh, but she got me on Arrested Development and The Office. And then from there, like, I kind of... And, and then it was also through Allison Jones that uh, she cast Veep. So I went in and I had her trust going into the Veep audition. Yeah. And then I got it from that. That's great. So you know, did you ever have to have a side job when you were out here? Uh, no. Uh, I was lucky uh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> very lucky. I put I put some money away uh, nice. from Chicago. Yeah, uh, and was able to like to live for a while. And definitely, it was uh, a frightening grind for a while there because you're like, ah. You mean jobs pay seven hundred dollars and then that's it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, uh, yep, my rent exactly. is three times that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I, I 
I got, I moved to LA to uh, be in the movie Cabin Boy. And that was like, all right, I got a part in a movie and here we go. (laughs) And it was like, and it was like a month of work, you know, but like, you know, it's like how you work. It's like two days a week, then one day a week, then all five days a week. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that, that Cabin Boy money is really going to like, gonna be my nest egg and it's like oh, my <laughs> nest egg is tiny and then it was gone and then i was actually when i was you know i, I was looking for i was looking for jobs when when i got hired on conan i was in fact the day yeah. the day that robert smigel called me to hire me to tell me i got the job on conan i also had gotten a call from a movie theater that i had applied for like to be the assistant manager of and them calling me yeah. and saying like, we'd like you, you know, we, you know, come on back in. I, I don't know. I don't know if I got the job, but it seemed like, you know, I got the job and I was so terrified yeah. too, that like I was going to be assistant manager at the theater when cabin boy opened and oh, that I would yeah. be in the lobby <laughs> and on the screen at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, but I was able to say like, no, I'm going to replace David Letterman or at least, you know, be part of replacing <laughs> yeah. David. So yeah, oh, but no, God. it was, yeah, it was, it was the same thing. Like I thought, yeah, I'm in a movie and it's like, yeah, you're in a movie, but <sighs> there, there goes <laughs> yeah. the money. You know, it's not like you get yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and like coming back to Detroit after having been on the office for a, a few episodes, the assumption is that as soon as you're on TV or in movies, you are a millionaire, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I went to this, I went to a bar and my friend was, was like, Hey, you didn't buy me a drink. I mean, you're on TV. I was like, bro, I yeah, am yeah. making ends meet. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was on TV. That means about like 600 bucks, maybe. You're exactly. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I hope and they can count on residuals for a long time. Right. Exactly. And there's money <laughs> taken off the top for, Rep, you know, representation <laughs> mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, no, that's yep. uh, if if you if you Google Andy Richter net worth, the number that you see <laughs> is hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> I don't, it's, it, there must be another Andy Richter because that motherfucker's <laughs> rich. I, uh, this thing is <laughs> not me. I can tell you that much. Uh, yeah, I know. My, I did the same thing. I was like, oh. Is is there is there like an account I don't know about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's holding out on me. I'm holding out <laughs> on myself. Um, now, uh, with Detroiters, is, was Tim already out here? Was Tim Robinson already out here? I mean, uh, you guys n- were friends. He taught you in improv, right? He taught. He was uh, my level class. A teacher. He was like oh, my, nice. my uh, when I was uh, when I was eighteen. He was twenty one and. It was like one of the reasons why I was able to sneak into the bars is that we would just kind of like barrel in. Yeah, together. <laughs> and, yeah, then like, yeah. and then like, and then like, once you have a beer in your hand, then you yeah. kind of like the, 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 the method was, uh, it's like you'd, you'd kind of like sneak in barrel in with like a two or three guys who were like regulars and then barrel in and you get a drink in your hand. As soon as you get a drink in your hand, then you make friends with the bouncer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like he recognizes your face and the drink. So they're like, you're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and know? then you tell the bartender, another one. Like, you obviously <laughs> sold me this first one. Yeah. I'll have a second one of those ales, please. <laughs> so how did, I mean, is Tim already but, here? Does he, yeah. Uh, no, no, Tim was in New York. He was uh, working at SNL. He was. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. He wrote there, yeah. right? And he was on. He, on he, he was on. He was on the. He, he was on camera his first year. Yeah, uh, as featured player, and then uh, went to the writing side and, and wrote there for four years. 
That wasn't uh, was that his choice, or did they kind of say like? I think I think it was a uh, it, it was it wasn't his choice at the time, but I think it was really good for him. Yeah, because uh, then he he got to kind of flourish his comedic voice without you know the the politics of right, what it takes right. to be on SNL. Yeah, and like you know like the disappointments and like it's it, it certainly you're not just able to on that show just like use your voice and like do your thing right you right. know uh so uh at that time so he was writing at snl and i was on veep uh i was guesting on veep at that time and our friend jason sudeikis who we'd both met through second city in chicago because mm-hmm. he would come and do like you know shows and we became friends he was working with tim at snl and was like you guys should do a show together uh and so from him in chicago uh, him in new york me in la we pitched detroiters just as an idea being that it was uh the two of us were best friends such best friends it's ridiculous and it's set in detroit that was like that that was like our whole goal was like it's gonna be this yeah you know uh and so uh we came to the idea of it being ad guys like later on into the pitch at first we were going to be i think like originally originally we were going to be two guys who were working in a uh parking lot attendant booth <laughs> and then like just like going to live life out in the str- in the world yeah, yeah. like just two idiots and yeah. then like we come and like we do this this job but then we we kind of got to the idea of them being ad men because we like to us uh, such a feeling of home is like those commercials, those old Detroit commercials, or like yeah. old local commercials, which is true for like everybody has like their local commercials. Right. For us, those Detroit ones like were just so important to us. So like, well, what if we were the guys who made these? You yeah. Know? Well, that's uh, what I that's what I love about the show because I am a like a connoisseur of local advertising. <laughs> I fucking yeah. love it. And like when they pop up on on Twitter, or, you know, on I just I cannot get enough of them, and I remember. Like, like my dad's, my dad is, lives in Southern Indiana and, uh, there, there was an Indianapolis, a guy on in that sold guns and used to, he oh, had yeah. a gun store in Indianapolis and he was just fucking terrifying. And like his, <laughs> his tag, cause he taught and he would, it would be like, you know, Smith and Wesson 357. It's only $89 or all this stuff. And he'd get to the, yeah. end, and he kind of looked like Carl Perkins. He kind of looked like a rockabilly, an old rockabilly guy. And he would uh-huh. say his tagline at the end was, uh, with prices this low, you might think I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy. I just love to sell guns. <laughs> <laughs> with a laugh. Oh it was ter- oh I, I don't know God. if they exist on the internet, but it was fucking terrifying. And then, you know, in Chicago, you know, there's like auto dealers, Solosi Edelson, like just like the, the great yeah. accents and stuff. In fact, when I watch... When I watch baseball, like I have the bit, you know, the thing on my cable where I can watch like Cubs games and other games. And yeah. I'm now on Spectrum and they don't show the local ads. And it's like, for me, that was like 60% yes. of the fun of watching the Cubs games was getting to, you know, getting to see the yeah. Menards ads. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so. save big money at Menards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's, but so yeah, no, I mean, that's like, and it's such a, it's such a, like the thing I love about things about advertising and you guys do it so well is that like, it's kind of creative. You know, like it's, yeah, it's, yes. it's a creative endeavor, but like not really, you know, and it's just, and it can just be inherently so funny, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like with it, there was like a, a parallel to sketch writing 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that we, so we didn't have to make ourselves like comedians or like sketch or like, it could have to be autobiographical and to a degree, right. you know, of course, turned up to whatever, but like it didn't have to be that we were writing comedy. We yeah. were writing commercials, you know, yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. you're dealing with the clients versus like dealing with the guests, uh, the, the SNL guests that week, right. you know, right. and, <laughs> and like, and it's a, it's refreshable. It's just like every week exactly. is like, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you it's know? A, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and did that did did Detroiters like did they end it or did you guys just kind of you got busy doing other stuff and sort of uh, they moved ended on. it yeah they ended it and uh, was there is it like <laughs> was it not doing well or you know I mean they 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 said it wasn't doing well and it's a, a, a certainly a bone of contention that I have still and pro- I probably the more I talk about it, the more I'm going to make sure that it doesn't come back because I'm like they screwed it <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they they were definitely like. Uh, they changed our our premiere from uh, the show premiered in January uh, in its original season one premiered in January. We filmed season two and they pushed our premiere from that next January to June. Oh yeah, uh, and we're like, and they were they're like, we're gonna do this, but we're gonna put so much money behind advertising that it's gonna make your head spin. So we we're like, mm. okay. Mm-hmm. Even I remember on the phone, I was like. Well, no, it's this is so bad for a show. You shouldn't do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here comes June, July, a billboard to a commercial. Yeah, yeah. Our numbers were like half of what they were by the end of the f- first season. Yeah, and uh, we. Cl- but then the thing is, nobody knew the show was back. You know, no one knew. Everybody mm-hmm. thought I thought it got canceled when it didn't come back in January, and then had heard nothing about it. Uh, for the second season, we rebuilt our audience. Yeah. By like the fourth episode, we were back to where we were by the end of the 10th of season one. Right. But they were like, oh, well, it's just, well, we wish you could do better. But I'm like, you guys made every decision oh, to hurt it. Listen, I, <laughs> I've, I've been there. I've been there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. One of the, one of the, one of the uh, arguments or excuses they told us was like, well, we don't want it to compete with sports. Was, was like it. We figured it should be on in the summer because there's not sports in the summer. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" First off, like who is like deciding between what to watch and is only watching live television, right? And saying, "Well, I can either watch baseball or this comedy show, or yeah. fo- you, you know, like like it's, it's, it's a binary. It's, like, yeah, there's like the only other choice to watch you guys is a sporting event. Yeah." That's, you know, it's just the bullshit that they tell you. And you almost wish, like, just be honest. Tell me, like, just be honest. You just don't like it or whatever. Or you're trying to make room for something else. Or you're trying to get more 14 year olds and you don't like, and 14 year olds aren't into it. You know, I just, just, yeah, like, whatever that may be, you know, and like, the way the politics of that work is like, you know, you get a new executive and whatever the things existed there, they're looking to, to hack and slash so they can be at the helm of a new hit show. Yeah. Yep, so, yep. so they're going to try and make room so they can start a, 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 a they can bring in a new show. And if it's a hit, and they're like, oh, guess what? I brought this new show in. Yeah. If that show does well, it, it doesn't matter to them because like, it exists pre- I, before. I, I have, I was a victim of that a couple of times. And I always refer to it as, you know how in the wild, when there's a new alpha male and he kills the offspring <laughs> of the previous alpha male, exact yep. same thing. Like there's no point, a, there's no point in having a, a hit show that somebody else said yes to first. Like what is, how does yeah. that, how does that help my ego? And it's, 
yes, it's the exactly. dumbest thing in the world, you know, but, uh, you know, it's yeah. TV can be the dumbest place in the world. It, it, really, yeah. it really can. Yeah, it really yeah. can. But we was so happy that we got to at least make those two seasons. Well, you should uh, be. It's a, such a funny show and, 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 oh, and really you. a nice chance to, you know, you know, a lot of people get that opportunity to make a show with their friend and they don't get as much chance to make it as much their own as you guys got to. You know what I mean? It seems yeah. fairly uncompromised in terms of, I'm guessing. It, it really it really was. Like, yeah. it, the, 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 the compromises we made were very minimal, you yeah. know? Uh, and, like, whenever we would fight on insisting on, like, like some things on the tone, uh, they would they would back off pretty well, which, which I appreciated. Because, like, uh, one of the things that's so great about the show that, that we love about the show is that, like, the two, that the two of those guys are, like, on each other's teams no matter what. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, their first note was, like, they should be more fighting with each other. I'm like, that's oh. not what it is. That's, like... Yeah. I never like that. I never like that. Like people that like shows that uh, I just like, I like to watch people get along and then, yeah. have to, and then as a team, like the, the conflict comes with them in the world. You know, I don't exactly. I get so tired of movies where everybody's always trash talking each other. It's like, ugh, fucking shut up. Just yeah. What's next? What happens next? It, yeah. 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 Like, why would you all the time hang out with this person? If yeah. you are enemies, truly. Yeah, and I, 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 I get like, like, like loving, like, like little jabs here and there. Yeah, but, but the reality of it, your friends are who you get along with the most. Yeah, yeah. and I think that they just they have these prescribed things that, like, yeah, everybody's got to be, you know, there's got to be two jokes a page, and those pages are, you know, mm-hmm. most of those jokes are put downs. And like, no, no, that's and there again, that's it gets back to my that's boring. It's that boring. exists everywhere. Why are you doing exactly. that? Exactly. So, and like so, cynicism is like king. Like everything yeah. has to be cynical and everybody has to be de- depressed and sad. Yeah. In the comedy. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. that exists and that's that is real as well. People are but like it's not the only thing that exists. You can't snuff out joyful laughter. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Hmm. Well, I mean, the show obviously you you're now you've got a bunch of movie stuff coming out. Tell me, like, are there things that, you know, I, it's a podcast. Might as well plug some stuff. Yeah. You know? Let's plug, let's plug a Uh, I, it's a movie that I filmed last year that, uh, I'm not sure when it comes out now, but because of yeah, like, all yeah, the, yeah. of everything, but it's called the tomorrow war. And it's like a big action sci-fi movie that cool. I shot with, with Chris Pratt. Uh, wow. And it's really fun, and I got, to, I got to do like an action movie, so I'm like really excited for that. Yeah, I've never gotten uh, to do one of those really, and I've always kind of like just wanted to be on one of those big juggernauts of special effects and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was really it's like my dream, and I really yeah. got to do it like a hundred and fifty million dollar budget movie. Oh, like, awesome! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm like beside myself. I'm really excited for that to come out. Um, and I did a movie called Super Intelligence. Uh. That is a Melissa McCarthy uh, and James Corden oh, movie nice. that comes out on HBO Max. Uh, I think I'm not sure when either. I think September. <laughs> I think I saw I, I on a list of things. I think I is September. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. I think late September. September it said something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but that sounds right because I know. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, well, that's good. I mean, you know, you're getting to you're getting to kind of live that life now. Is it is it is it hard? Like, do you? Because the movie life can really be 
it can be consuming. You know, like you kind of, yes. you get a gig and then you're just gone. It's like working on an just oil gone. rig. Yeah. I mean, yep. is that okay? I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, it seems like a ungrateful to complain about it, but it is like you do have a, you know, it's like being in movies is fun and making movies is great, but it, it's hard to keep a regular life going in that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like uh, I, last year I was home maybe like two months. Wow. You know, the rest of the time I was like either in Atlanta or uh, upstate New York, mm-hmm. or, and which is great. And I love it very it's much. It's a blessing. Yeah. But, but, you know, but humans, we need to nest, you know what yeah. I mean? We have to like, yeah. we, we want to be at home to some degree. And it, it's, 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 and it, it feels so bratty to be like, oh, I want to be home. But you, everybody wants to be home. Yeah. No matter what you're doing. Yeah. You know? And most, uh, and most, you, you know, if you're, I would say most people, the key to their happiness is through relationships and you, for relationships, you need consistency. And if you're bopping all over the place from hotel room to hotel room, that consistency is hard to find. Yes, truly. Uh, I think for myself, part of, I, I am able to handle it partially because of like my upbringing, my growing up was like kind of here, kind of there. Between Ghana, between Detroit, my mom was gone or my dad was gone. So like that, it, it doesn't like, I, I'm certainly not broken by it, but mm-hmm. it certainly does drain, you know, but I think, yeah. I think I have like, uh, my, my battery capacity is a little bit bigger than most, but even then it still gets depleted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you doing anything right now? I mean, is there anything that you can do? Uh, uh, I'm doing a lot of uh, VO for yeah. animated shows. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, do that from is, home or do you go to studio, like sterilized uh, studios? Mostly home, but like now uh, it's it, it's been uh, sterilized studios. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah which I, is I, it's nice to get to to get out. <laughs> I've been yeah, I've been to a couple uh, a couple of because I do animated voices too, and I got one next oh, week yeah. where it's like they made a bit. You know, they're like. We we thoroughly sterilize the studio, and if you want, you <laughs> yeah. can do it from home. And I'm just like, get me out of the house. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have yeah. fucking coat the place in COVID. I'll be fine. I'll just I'll wear a mask. <laughs> I'll wear you know, just let me come somewhere. You know, let me just be let somewhere. Me be sm- yeah, let me look in another person's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I mean, you know, th- you've get, things are going well and stuff. I mean, is what 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 is you know, I always like to, you know, throughout my thing, I'm at least like, you know, now I'm kind of, you know, I'm older and kind of, you know, you know, on the downside. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But, you know, <laughs> no, but, you know, but I always, I always felt like I wanted to tr- trade it up, you know, like kind of take the, take the good, good fortune that I had and kind of see how I can just take another step up, whatever. And I don't mean ladder, like in terms of like money and fame, I mean, like, just in my own development and, and what do yep. you see as the next step for you that like where you want to go? Well, I mean, I, I like truly, I, I want to have like a viable and like a real movie career, like, mm-hmm. and, and like be a, like, like art, the generation of movie comedians 
is like fewer and fewer because I feel like like maybe comedy movies aren't being made as much as they like, aren't. And when they are, it's always like, oh, hey, how about you see John Cena as this week? I'm like, well, John Cena mm-hmm. can be in all those things. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like what about the people who've like worked at comedy their whole lives? Yeah. You know, like, it, like did the door close at Steve Carell? Yeah. You know? Well, and also, and too, like, even, even within the people that they hire in comedy, it's the same eight or nine people ones. over and over because because yeah. it's such a it's such a there's so much money involved it's such a long shot if there's not a superhero in it, it the people yep. that give you money it's like i gotta be able to bank on somebody and i can't bank on you know i can't bank on somebody that was uh, that is like oh yeah did a pilot and was really funny and is great but i mean nobody knows who they are they need to hear jonah hill you know jonah they need, hill they yeah. need to hear yeah, yeah. to hear Seth Rogen, you know, and and it's like, you know, I, I mean, I, I know why it happens, but I think that it does kind of it stagnates, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so I hope to make that like 10, the 10 names and like mine is one of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I'll shut the door behind myself and make sure nobody else <laughs> pull the rope up, as they pull say. The rope yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, chumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, do, is uh, is movies where sort of where your focus now, or, or I mean, would you care about having a TV show of your own? Or? Uh, I de- I definitely like, I I love television, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully when things come back, I'll be able to like work on some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to create my own sh- another show for myself, so nice. we'll see if that pans out if the world um can support this you can leave the house to make it yeah <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> well that's um, good so. yeah I, yeah i think I, it's an especially now like it's uh i honestly feel like tv has more sort of diversity of opportunity than movies do i think movies are yes. very you know like i said it's and I mean, I know people love them, but like superhero movies have really narrowed what movies get made because they got to mm-hmm. be these special effects extravaganzas uh, or there's some tiny indie that gets VOD release and that's it, you know? Yeah. So, yep. um, uh, you know, good luck, I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, well see. Now, but, of the three, these are three questions, and the third one is, what have you learned? And uh, do you think, like, there's, I mean, that takes the form of advice, that takes the form of, like, oh, should I, you know, if I, I wish I had known this before I started this path. Uh, what, what do you, what's your answer to that one? Uh, I, I maybe, maybe it's like a philosophy in life that I've kind of, like, learned over my time. It's like, that people take kindness for weakness but that itself is a weakness you know mm-hmm. like because like I, I think myself like i'm i'm very affable and very nice and uh, you know and i'm i have uh, patience to a great deal but uh i i certainly in my life i there's frustration when people just like you can see when somebody like makes a decision to like oh this chump and I'm like, buddy, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not nice because I have to be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm nice because I'm choosing to be. Yeah. Uh, but that helps me now see wh- 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 what people are. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, th- I think my niceness is not a trap, 
but it works as a trap sometimes. Right. Because I can then, because I'm nice, but I can be mean also. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, it makes people but, reveal, it, it draws out the people that are willing to take advantage of you and it reveals their character. Exactly. Because yeah. like, I, I think, I think the, the feeling of, of any nice person is that, oh, they're a back, backcountry rube, that kind of like, oh, Pollyanna dum-dum. But I'm like, it's no. I'm j- I just have patience. I have yeah, 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 a, a lot of patience. So I think in my life, like also like the anger of of somebody being, uh, rude or dismissive or you know, uh, kind of making assumptions on my niceness or trying to take advantage. I that that has I, I've stopped letting that make me mad. Uh, I instead then just calculate and I then go, oh, okay, well, you're yeah. this person. Right, right. Uh, you're I'm not going to talk to you anymore or whatever. Yeah. You know, or yeah. I put you in this category and yeah. you think you're using me and, uh, and I'm, I'm playing a game of Survivor here and yeah. I'm going to vote you off the island. That's it. Watch that's a lot a- of Survivor. <laughs> well, you're in hotel rooms. What else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I, you know, throughout my career started to realize that, uh, there, one thing that was working against me just in terms of like my time and, and the way people chose to take advantage of my time was the thought of, oh, he won't mind. Andy won't uh-huh. mind. You know, he's like, uh-huh. he's laid back about stuff. And you and so then there are people that like, you know, they get, they, they, they put a priority on all the other, pro, on all the squeaky wheels. Because if you're a well-oiled yep. wheel, they just forget about you. So sometimes they forget about you. Yeah, I learning to say no to things was like a huge step for me. And 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 it doesn't. I mean, you yeah, don't be a dick. But there are definitely times when I learned that saying no, it's almost better for everybody. Like they know, like yep, it. it they don't like don't ask him that kind of shit again like don't you know like yep. he's not going to do that and 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 also you can sometimes when you say no to something you make the people go like oh yeah right i probably shouldn't have even have asked you that you know like yep just because it's yeah but that takes yep. time too you start out so eager and so just, willing yeah so willing to eat <laughs> shit just to be there that you know <laughs> at a certain point mm-hmm. you gotta stop you know it's like i always yep. I, I always you know, as you know, doing press for things is the part you never thought about. Like you thought, like, yeah. wouldn't it be fun to be a comedian and wouldn't it be fun to be in movies? <laughs> and then you realize, like, such a huge part of that job is advertising it. And yeah. advertising it is saying the same thing 50 fucking times a day. <laughs> and I, you oh. know, like, I I just always have, have felt like, I, I, I forgot my point because I, but uh, it's like, it's like you, you can't train for that. And, yep. you know, and so, and you, you know, and, and so that's kind of where the starting to say no stuff takes, mm-hmm. you know, t- slides in. Cause you're like, okay, enough's enough. Like, you know, like, exactly. Yeah. And as people and like, get you know, big, as people get big, they don't do that shit anymore. Like you never see yeah. fucking Robert De Niro on a junket. You know, not a, or, a full junket. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, <laughs> you never see Tom Hanks. You know, I'm, well, actually, Tom Hanks is actually probably an exception because he's yeah. nice, like a what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's but yeah, that's but, great. It is true. It's like kindness to a point. You know, 
to a point, you know. Yeah. And I, I guess the second half of that is like the phrase I always use is "know your worth." You yeah. know, uh, that's like what, that's one of my catchphrases: "know your worth." Yeah, and, like, and and it's up to you to decide what to do with that knowledge. But anybody is going to come at it with their own, you know, uh, agenda. You yeah. know, so a favor here, a favor there. Great. But if I'm even doing you this favor, know this favor is worth this much. You know what I mean? Yes, and, and, that's yes. not, that's, and that's not to say that, that it's like, yeah, I do, I do this for you. Now you owe me. It's just that, hey, I'm doing this. I'm not doing this because I have to. Right. You know, uh, I'm doing it because I want to share this with you. Yes. Yes. And also yeah. know your worth is not just about the, you know, the, the, about people undervaluing you it's about people overvaluing you too yeah you, you know yep. sometimes you have to tell yourself you, you know you get you you get high on your own supply a little bit and you're like well me you know who am i kidding yep. I, you know <laughs> i can do that you know yeah so, exactly yeah yeah exactly yeah it's so mi- it's, it's just always it's the middle it's this midwestern thing it's like mm-hmm. not too much of one or the other just kind of right there in the middle is usually what works yeah. so. <laughs> yep well sam <laughs> this has been a real delight and i appreciate you taking your time um and uh i hope to you know to see you on campus one of these days uh face to face so <laughs> i hope so um, i hope so this but, is really great. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. I'm I'm so happy. And I mean, and I really you're such a I mean, you you, you just represent so much uh uh goodness and, and what's right in show business in the world that I'm just it's it's nice to see you enjoying it. And it's nice to see that the yeah. world enjoying you. So, you know. Oh, anyway, you. you're, you welcome. you're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. And thank you all out there for listening uh, to another episode of The Three Questions. We're going to be back next week uh, with somebody not as good as Sam. But, I mean, what can you do? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't book winners all the time. <laughs> all right. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Galitza Hayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.